0: This is Sick and Wrong,
1: America's number one source for anti-social commentary, brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation.
2: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for anti-social commentary. one of your hosts, Dee Simon.
1: I'm Lance Wackerly.
2: What's up there, Wackerly? It's uh, episode 101 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. It's a whole new era of Sick and Wrong. We've reached 100 episodes, and now we're moving on into the future. Is this phase two? I guess it is kind of phase two of sick and wrong.
1: Except we don't have any changes to the format or anything. Well, you know what? I've I've always enjoyed <laughs> a solid like, base of routine. Yeah, we don't have like a new studio. We well, got the new intro. Oh, that's pretty good. Who's it? Was
2: a George Bush that said, "If it ain't broke, don't fix it." Did he say
1: that? Uh, <laughs> if it is broke, don't fix it.
2: <laughs> if we broke it, don't fix it. Uh, maybe that's what he said.
1: I don't think he coined the phrase, but at one time yeah. or other, he probably said that. He likes that homespun knowledge because it's easy to remember.
2: He doesn't even remember it, though. No, he
1: probably has that on a cue card. No. <laughs> his speechwriters give him that <laughs> shit.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, it is the uh, new era here of Sick and Wrong. And I'm glad everyone enjoyed the episode 100. Got a lot of positive feedback from that.
1: Yeah, and, it was a good interview.
2: Yeah, it was It was kind of nice to have Neil Smither on the show. And people expect more interviews in the future, even though Wackerly hates doing interviews.
1: I do hate it with a passion.
2: <laughs> oh, we have some good ones coming up, But I'd up, rather
1: though. do an interview like that than the random calls we give to our friend, quote-unquote friends. because like our Bob friend, Madigan? Our friends are fucking assholes. Or your brother, or anybody we call. They're all dicks.
2: Yeah, they are. Especially my brother. Your brother... I know. You, know you know what I did today? It was kind of interesting. So my brother's birthday is coming up, and uh, we're going to definitely have to take some pictures of uh, my brother's birthday party. Are you going to go to the birthday party at his bar?
1: I haven't decided yet. <laughs> so
2: my brother works at a gay know, bar. I don't
1: know if I like him that much anymore, well, so I'll decide by this weekend whether he's on the shit list or not.
2: I know we've mentioned in the past that my brother works at this gay bar and the Castro, kind of a raunchy gay bar. They don't actually even have Toilets—they just have a
1: big trough with a right. mirror above it. Yeah, they don't even have bar stools. You actually have to sit on other dudes' faces to get a drink. <laughs> yeah, and the it guys sucks. have
2: beards; it kind of prickles your ass. <laughs> I know, I
1: know. Yeah,
2: no, you know, it's—I—I I, I don't mind drinking at the bar because, well, the thing is, my brother will give me like these huge Jack and Cokes. The problem is there are no women in the bar, no. and number two, when you got to take a leak, I just go outside.
1: Oh yeah, I'll, and out and that neighborhood is kind of crowded, and I will walk a good. Four or five blocks, if I have to, to find like a quiet corner where there's nobody around.
2: Yeah, I don't even care. I'm not going to go pee in a trough no. with a mirror above no, it
1: because some dude will come up behind you and grab your. Gelatin. Well, you know
2: what, dude? The, the whole bar is like decorated with dick wallpaper. It's like like they don't see enough cock. You know, they they just don't see enough dicks that you have to have a mirror above the trough. Yeah, and so you can watch me like urinate.
1: One, there's like one couch in there. It's upholstered with men's pubes. And dude,
2: I don't even I don't even think they have a women's bathroom. No. No. I don't I don't know. Well, anyway, it's my brother's birthday party, and they're throwing him this big birthday extravaganza, and they had me give him uh, copies of his senior picture. So they're blowing up these like, life-size copies of Jeff's senior picture, which is The one that's great. on the
1: Sick and Wrong website.
2: Yeah, the one with the mullet. And a couple others. I found this great one with Jeff and his bitching Camaro. Nice. So then that'll be kind of nice. But today, my sister came up with this idea for this birthday cake that she wants to get him. And so we went to the Erotic Cake Gallery, which is located on 9th and Folsom. It's a great place to go. I know I've ordered cakes in the past from them. Yeah. But they'll pretty you much guys do— keep,
1: You and your sister keep them in business pretty
2: oh, much. Oh, dude. We, every special occasion, you got to get an erotic cake. I think last year for my brother's birthday, we got him a big chocolate vagina cake.
1: They, they do two types of erotic cakes, right? They'll do the sheet cake— With some type of an erotic picture on the front. I believe we've had a a, a picture of a leprechaun dipping his balls in P Town's mouth. We've had, uh, (laughs) what else? If we had pictures of so something with your sister on a toilet? It was leper.
2: It was the leprechaun on uh, at P Town's thirtieth birthday. It was like a leprechaun teabagging P Town. Right. While he was jerking off, and I think for my sister's thirtieth birthday, I got this like a uh, picture of a girl taking a shit, and, and like the shit spelled out "Happy Birthday right. Stephanie." So and those so, are the
1: sheet cakes with the art on top. But then the, then they also do the sculptural a cakes, three, Well, it's a three which dimensional is a three cake. dimensional like it like that cake for your brother a couple years ago actually looked like a vagina. It wasn't yeah, a picture. With pubic hair. It was the form of a vagina. Well,
2: so what we're getting this year, and uh, I credit my sister for coming up with this idea, it's the posterior of a man, so it's a man's buttocks, and she she went and bought- A
1: three-dimensional form, you're saying. Yeah,
2: it's a three-dimensional form, man's buttocks. She went and bought this huge fist dildo that's like the size of your arm being shoved into the guy's asshole in the cake. So it's just basically it's a guy's butt with, like, two thighs sticking out and then this huge fist being inserted into the rectum. Yeah. And so she's asking the guy at the cake gallery. She's like, well, can you put, like, some red frosting for blood and maybe, like, put some brown frosting around so it, like, looks like, you know, blood and shit around the base of the fist? Yeah.
1: And is I, he down with that? Yeah,
2: the guy's like, yeah, 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 I can totally do that. Do you want me to spell out, like, happy birthday Jeff with <laughs> the bloody shit? And she's like, yeah, that'd be great. So yeah. I think everyone's going to be pleasantly surprised by this cake. And it wasn't cheap either, dude. Yeah,
1: no, well, no pun intended. These aren't half-assed, though. I mean, like, there'll be, like, little, like, black pubes on the thing and butt hairs. Very and realistic. It's not like something that, you know, some college kid would whip up. It's in not like dorm we bought it at kitchen. Albertsons or <laughs> no, this, Safeway dude, or something. This is what he does. It's a, he's a professional erotic cake he's an artiste yeah yeah i'm always i always get the cakes always get described before they show up so because you know so you sort of know what's happening and i'm always blown away well
2: you know it's like a gift within a cake because my brother could always use the fist still though right so i think it will be pleasantly surprised and you know i was telling her like well what are we going to get him for his birthday and so i was reading on this website that uh I came across the other day. Great website, by the way. Go check it out: populationpaste.com. dot com. I think a listener sent Paste? it in. Paste, like as in, glue. Oh, okay. <laughs> populationpaste.com. dot right. com. Well, I was reading on this website and I came across a great gift idea. You know, it's right now; it's the season because it's Christmas and everything. And well, I guess we, as men, and Jeff
1: miss apparently. Yeah,
2: it's uh, it's uh, my brother's birthday, so it's kind of like the season of giving right now. And so, <laughs> a good, you know affordable, inexpensive gift to get for a loved one. And I'm talking to ladies out here and I was trying, I was advising my sister and my girlfriend, this might be a good gift for my brother, menstrual art. Have you seen this, Wankerly? It's a new craze. All the kids are doing it these days.
1: No, I haven't seen it. Menstrual art. So this would be like a do-it-yourself crafty type project.
2: Women are painting with their own menstrual blood. Why? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. The question is how? Well, I was just thinking, I couldn't even imagine the look on my brother's face if my sister gave him a portrait painted in her own menstrual blood.
1: Isn't that like holy water to a vampire if you bring <laughs> menstrual blood around Jeff?
2: Do you think he'd be scared straight?
1: Or in even inside that bar, it's going to be like, you know, chaos. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just a bunch of screaming hairy queens
2: <laughs> yeah i don't know what would happen but I, I was just surprised that there's this whole new genre of art you know i've heard of people painting with their feces i've heard of people like shock artists <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's like shock artists out there that that paint with fecal matter and well, one of semen my, yeah, and there's stuff like one that one of
1: my favorite websites on the net is sprinkle com where they will make art out of dog turds that they find on the street but that's well, but, not really they
2: go and they sprinkle like those little colored sprinkles on the turds. Well,
1: that's the that hence the name of the site, but they've moved on to do other montages with you know little army men or a small tea set. You have to go <laughs> check it out. Well, apparently,
2: apparently there's a bustling live journal community here devoted to blood art, which menstrual art. It's like over 500 members. Uh, you should go check it out. We'll we'll put a link up to it. Well, here's it's- what
1: I don't get though, I can like. Piss my name in the snow, but how do you i mean doesn't it doesn 't come out in a stream, does it? I mean, how do you paint with your your menses
2: well that 's the thing first of all we 're never going to fully understand this because we have no. penises right you know we, we don 't menstruate we don 't we, we don't have a period, so we 're never f- going to be able to fully comprehend. This menstrual art. Yeah. Blood art. But let's uh, say that we were lesbians or something or uh, we were hippie chicks or goth chicks and we had vaginas and we bled once a month. Yeah. Um, what we would do instead of using a tampon or instead of using a pad, you would get a menstrual cup. You'd put the cup inside your vagina, collecting the menstrual blood, and that's what you'd paint with.
1: Is this like a pimp cup? <laughs> How big is this thing? Does it, know, have, does it have diamonds encrusted upon the outside?
2: It's all new to me. Now, it kind of looks like a little rubber cup. Go check it out. Keeper.com. It's called The Keeper. Keeper. Or oh, there's also another website called uh, com, hmm. And it's like this little rubber cup that they stick, like, somewhere deep inside of there. I think it's, like, at the the base of the cervix or the uterus or... One of those Ovary lady parts or one of those lady parts that are inside of there that I jam my fingers into. It's like somewhere in there and it just kinda collects all this blood. Right. And then they, D- they you paint said one with of them it. was
1: Diva Cup?
2: Yeah, Diva, diva-cup.com. I feel like a
1: long-time listener, Kendra from Canada, has mentioned this cup before. But I, I don't know. It would have been a long time ago.
2: Well, you know, you know, I, I, I don't recall. Maybe someone sent it to us. I don't, I don't quite remember. But I guess back in the old days, they didn't have tampons and maxi pads. So they just used these cups to collect all the menstrual blood and just kind of like, you know, dump it out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Because that's maybe, tampons
2: are relatively new inventions, aren't they?
1: Uh, maybe, but, but pads? I mean, that's basically all it is is a rag. They had rags back then. You just jam a rag down there. I mean... If you've ever put a diaper on a kid, I think you can figure out what to do with Dude, the cup works way better than, the,
2: than just putting a rag. I mean, how absorbent is just a rag?
1: But basically, this is making it sound like the cup has been around since, like, the 15th century or something. Dude, I think that's, what when, were they they, making, I think that's when it started. Were <laughs> they whittling it out of wood? Out of beech wood? Sticking in a wooden cup? It seems like you get splinters.
2: Well, the menstrual cups are inserted. They catch each little drop of blood, which stays there until the girl removes it, dumps it out. And then uh, one of these girls had the bright idea of using the collected blood to paint with, <laughs> hence blood art. And so this this website has a bunch of examples here. And like as you're saying, it's like you know what what are you going to paint with your blood? Is, 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 is the painting supposed to be significant just because you painted it with your own menstrual blood?
1: The Target department store logo. <laughs> Dude, believe
2: it or not, some of these girls are rather artistic. they are paintings of Yoda, paintings of Whoa. Chewbacca.
1: Now I mean, I'm interested. Well, yeah. <laughs> were there any Star Trek
2: ones? There were no Star Trek ones, but there was a Battlestar Galactica one.
1: Awesome. <laughs> I think you kind of need that. A Cylon. Well, they have that red eye, right? The Cylon. So that would be fitting.
2: There was one of Matthew McConaughey. I know how much you're into that guy. No, I'm really not. <laughs> but, you know, most of them were like a Flowers and like a Girls' Vulva or something. Because yeah. I think it has Teddy something bears, to do with like... Re- I think it has something to do with reclaiming womanhood or entering in a new age of like being a female and, you know, hippie type of spirituality with blood or something. Circle of life, kind of fertility goddess kind of thing. God. You know, I don't really understand why anyone would do this, but what I was thinking, what would you do if your girlfriend was like, you know, I don't have that much money. I'm not making that much money this year. I'm just going to paint him a painting, but I'm going to paint him a painting with a part of me.
1: For Christmas? For
2: Christmas. And she gave you a wackerly self-portrait or something.
1: No. <laughs> First of all, it's gonna stink. And doesn't well, isn't that's it what, like all chunky? How do you paint with it? Doesn't I it have it, like little ground up babies in it? I thought it was like,
2: I thought it was like spaghetti sauce, like marinara, with like chunky, like chunky more pieces chunky than of meat that. or something. Yeah, more
1: like meat like, su- like meat it, it, sauce because there's baby meat in there.
2: Yeah, that's. What I didn't think it was going to be like you know.
1: It doesn't seem red like it'd be a very good painting it'd be more like a jackson pollock sort of splatter thing yeah
2: but the chunks are chunks of her you know she's giving you
1: well the baby the, the baby. unborn baby the unborn baby <laughs> i don't want to look at that every day plus you know my girlfriend can't paint that well i just don't even, want to, even if it wasn't with her menstrual blood i don't want to have to hang something on the wall because she made it
2: what if she painted you a yoda
1: well that'd i be maybe down with a stormtrooper
2: a <laughs> stormtrooper Darth Darth Vader Vader. (laughs) Dark Invader well anyway go check out the uh, we'll we'll have to put up a link here to the live journal community but it's pretty weird dude I mean I was just reading it and I'm thinking you know I'm surprised I haven't met a girl that did this I've I've dated my fair share of goth chicks but I don't even know if it's only goth chicks none of these
1: paintings are very good the Yoda one's cool (laughs) cool yes good no it probably and the whole s- thing is, yeah, can,
2: Seriously, it probably smells like fisherman's wharf can, or something. Yeah,
1: you can make a tuna, dead fish.
2: It smells like dead fish and <laughs> <Dirty> seals,
1: seals <laughs> and bums. <laughs> but uh, what? What was my point? Uh, you're, the, you're talking the, about painting. painting. Paintings are cool, but if you just put a painting of Yoda that you did with, I don't know, uh, sepia tone ink up on the internet well, maybe like five or six people would look at it you know your your online buddies but all of a sudden if you tell everybody that you did it in your own vag blood now you're gonna get like 1500 hits so that's why they do it
2: so you're saying they're doing it for the shock value of the attention
1: now you i don't even think the shock value just you know that you're gonna get a lot of publicity because you know
2: dude lesbians out there are going to be gunning for waist. you now Dude, le- this care. is how lesbians. This is how lesbians express their love. That's I what hope they do. Being the chased thing. down
1: an alley by topless hot lesbians doesn't sound that bad to me. They're going to be topless, right?
2: Dude, they're not going to be hot. You've seen the San Francisco <laughs> lesbians. What will they be topless? But I think, that's the thing. It's like I think I don't think a girl, like I don't think your girlfriend would paint a painting of her with her own menstrual blood for you. I think that's how girls express their love for other girls. They do it for other girls.
1: Yeah, because they're ladies. like, you know,
2: here's my blood that came out, and she'd be like, well, that's my blood. And they would scissor kick with it and then Pass paint back something, and forth between paint the scissor veg, kicking or something like touch that. Touch ovaries. But but listen to this. So there's a couple uh, quotes here, and uh, they do have many examples of paintings. We'll, we'll, we'll put a link up to it. So here's uh, one uh, woman in particular. She says, hi, beautiful, bleeding ladies. I've been watching this community for a month or so, and I'm so stunned and impressed. Your art is fantastic. I just got a diva cup, so I hope I can start painting with my blood by the end of January. <laughs> Just saying hi, (laughs) Mimi.
1: What is the recommended method for storing this blood? I mean, just from one period, do you have enough to... Dude, I'm sorry. Well, the period lasts for several days, and you have to empty the cup. So do you put it in the fridge, or does that ruin it? Do you need to keep it in a warm, dry space?
2: I'm all about feminism and female empowerment, and I think girls should have the right to vote and whatnot. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I'm all down with the women's suffrage thing, that new thing that's going on now. I'm down (laughs) with (laughs)
1: women's suffering.
2: But if my girlfriend was like, you know— I really feel the need to express myself further than I already do and I want to start painting with my own menstrual blood and keeping cups in a you know of her own menstrual blood in the refrigerator.
1: Next to the forties. I'm
2: putting my foot down. <laughs> yeah. I'm seriously, I don't put my foot down that often. I'd put my foot down about that.
1: Are you gonna stomp on her vagina?
2: <laughs> no, I'm gonna pour her blood down the sink and be like, uh-huh. you know what? <laughs> no more painting for you. <laughs> so here's another one. She says, So when I was home for winter break, I was able to do my first menstrual painting. I would have liked to do more, but I didn't start until right before I left. In fact, I did this painting right before dashing out the door. <laughs> I can't really do them here at college. little alone time because I have four roommates, but I hope to do more in the future. You know, I don't even think I would tolerate a roommate painting with her menstrual blood. No. I, th- I think I would say something about it.
1: I'm assuming she rooms with other girls, though.
2: Yeah, she might. But, I mean, d- dude, wouldn't you be freaked out about that even if you're just... You know, regular chick, and you, your roommate all of a sudden was like, you know, I want to embrace Artemis and Diana and, like, the, the fertility goddess. <laughs> well, first goddess. of all, you'd walk
1: in from class, you know, coming home from class, and you walk in and you're like, what is that, pomegranate juice? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my own <laughs> snatch droppings.
2: <laughs> I know, dude. It should be like Carrie. It's gross. From Stephen King. Yeah. It's disgusting. Dump it over her head, is that what you're saying? <laughs> But, you know, we'll we'll put a link up to it. They have this whole section called uh, Blood Art, and they go into – it's like a whole group. There's like 500 members, and they go here, and they have all these questions for discussion. Does making art using your menstrual blood change your attitude or build expectations towards your menstrual cycle? Does this creative outlet improve your physical experience of menstruating? (laughs) Does this experience empower you in ways you you care to share with younger girls? No. So, Wackerly, I expect uh, after we finish recording this podcast and you go home, you're probably going to join up and be a member of this uh, blood art community here.
1: Where am I going to get the blood, though? I don't know. <laughs> after it's... I pull out during that, at that time of the month, I can just paint something with the end of my penis.
2: Did you know how funny it would be if you got your girlfriend one of these uh, diva cups?
1: Would it be funny? I just think would it'd it be podcast worthy.
2: I think it would be podcast worthy if you videotaped it. That's YouTube what, material. Just her
1: reaction. To no,
2: okay. So she's expecting to get some kind of like a bottle of perfume or maybe like a mink stole or something. Should and I she, put it in a
1: in a ring box? <laughs> But she opens
2: up that this wrap present, material.
1: and it's just a diva cup.
2: <laughs> She's going to be like, what the hell is this?
1: Well, like. <laughs> <laughs> I figure you spend too much money on tampons.
2: <laughs> but you know what? This is I think it's a good idea out there for uh, guys. Buy your girl a diva cup. Uh, you go check it out, diva-cup.com or keeper.com. Or ladies, maybe surprise your man with a menstrual art painting.
1: Yeah, but the problem I have with this Diva Cup is it's got that stick on the end, which I assume you use to pull it out. And, like, let's say your girlfriend, it's, you know, Aunt Flo is in town and she's asleep and you're trying to get some, like, you know, mystery sex while she's asleep and you jam it in there. That little handle's going to go right in your dick hole.
2: Oh, if she has a cup in there, yeah.
1: Whereas if it's a tampon, you're just gonna feel this cottony blockage, and then you're gonna know. But this, this is, is gonna go right in the hole.
2: You let your girlfriend sleep in the bed while she's on the rag?
1: I know <laughs> she's I'm, unclean. I'm, new, I'm a new ager like that. I'm progressive.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know about you, and I don't think this is unruly or something, or you know, or, or well, cruel. I make her. I mean, I make I know, her go to the bathtub. I, I put her, like I... a pillow in there and a blanket, and she stays in there where she can wash herself, hose herself down. <laughs> And I don't have to get any of that unclean blood on me.
1: I mean, I'm an enlightened guy. I let her sleep in the bed. She has to wear the depends, but I guess I could see that, but I don't know, man. <laughs> You're old fashioned like that. You're from the old world.
2: Dude, that's how the devil comes out. <laughs> Seriously, it comes right through the blood. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. But anyway, people, there's a, there's an idea for Christmas. I know a lot of people out there are freaking out because they have no idea what they're gonna get their loved one for, you know, for Christmas because Jesus tells you to commands you to get gifts. Well, you know what? Do it on the cheap. Paint with your own menstrual blood. Right, it's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, wackily we mentioned that this is uh, episode 101 Last week we did episode one hundred, and we didn't actually. It was a special episode with an interview, That's so true. we didn't actually get to to um, do a recap of episode ninety nine. So, people, let's go back in time to two weeks ago when we did episode ninety nine. I'll just do. I'll tell you, remind you here of the stories that we did. I did a story about um, a woman who was treating autism by carving out her kid's eyeballs. Her nephew's eyes. Her nephew's, nephew's. Uh, Wackerly did an article about a colostomy bag mix-up. So a guy was uh, crapping through his penis and uh, pissing through his <laughs> anus. And a listener did a story, sending a story here about a do-it-yourself Auschwitz. Well, as you can imagine here, Wackerly... Uh, you pretty much killed everybody. You came yeah, that in, was a good start. <laughs> so you came in with like 104 votes. I came in with 32, and the listener came in with 54. Wow. So, yeah, you totally uh, slew all of us. Yeah. But you know it was kind of funny? We had some people write in a couple comments about your story. Your story was great, though. It was kind of hard to compete with That's that one. That's true, yeah. But uh, one of the listeners who also sent in that story, because you did claim squatter's rights, because yeah. you found it first. Well,
1: you know, I like the medical
2: anomalies, you do. yeah. I mean, you t- typically t- tend to do those type of stories. Well, auto um, Parts here uh, sent in the story as well. He says, Wackerly, you scum. I sent in the story about the shit pisser and you stole it. I'm going to get you for that. Next time I'm in San Francisco, I'm going to cut off your scroat with a rusty razor and make D wear it for Yamaka, yarmulke. Cocksucker.
1: So I like how you're also implicated in this. In this, uh, what? What's the word? Well, you know... I th- I like slight against this guy? I like how he Unless thinks... Unless you might enjoy that, I don't know. Well, I
2: like how he thinks I don't already have a scrote yarmulke. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you don't have a scrout yarmulke made for
2: my scrote. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, auto parts, it gives you something to shoot for. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. wackily is scum.
1: I um, love getting threatened <laughs> because of this stupid show.
2: Uh, we got another email here from uh, Peter. He says... This guy should hire out his services as a pro upper-decker. He was blessed with a special power that would make taking an upper-decker so much easier. Never before has anyone had the control that this man has been blessed with. Here's a scenario. You pay him five bucks, he goes to the target's house posing as a UPS dude, asks to use the bathroom, and then shit pisses in the tank. He'd be like the James Bond of shitting
1: yeah pretty much yeah, I
2: never actually even thought it's kind about of a that. superpower <laughs> I mean dude this guy is built for upper decking
1: I don't know but this kind of assumes that the uh this guy's condition doesn't cause him massive amounts of pain <laughs> <laughs> when, when he does I have to experience kind of maybe if he had to live with this condition for years and years he, he would grow accustomed to it and then he could rise to this uh profession. Yeah, dude, wouldn't
2: it be worth it i mean you don't you wouldn't have to like actually put your ass over the the top tank of the toilet. Right. You could just stick your dick in there. Right? I think it's <laughs> worth the pain.
1: But we also No ma- pain, no gain. <laughs> we also mentioned that it's going to be this long thin shit. Does that that I guess it still counts. It's shit. It's right? still shit. Yeah.
2: I don't think you understand sacrifice. <laughs> Well, uh, so, Wankley, you did win, and that's uh, why I bought the beer. Congratulations. Episode 99 was all yours. And then for episode 100, I guess there was kind of a voting system that I didn't even realize we were voting for that one. And Wankley kind of said that uh, for episode 100, we should celebrate with cake.
1: Well, it was a Uh, where, Where did you
2: come up with this cake idea here?
1: I'll tell you where I came up with it. We had the 100th episode, and we didn't have a party. We didn't exchange gifts between each other. We didn't... Wear special hats. It was rather uneventful, and I was kind of disappointed. I
2: was gonna paint you a painting with my rectal blood. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't Gunna? know, about it. I didn't know about it yet. So okay, you so got you, lazy. So you put together. You said that I for I just the figured party we'd in my cakes. mind
1: I would pretend we were gonna have cake and ask the, the listeners what kind of cake we should get.
2: So. Your cake options here. For D, it was the vegetarian carrot gefilte cake. Which... I
1: figure that's a traditional family recipe for you, being Actually, a, a vegetarian Jew.
2: I've had it a couple times before. It's not that bad. But uh, you know what? It wasn't a favorite amongst the listeners. I only got one <laughs> vote for that one. Do
1: they even know what gefilte is? Did I even spell it right?
2: You did. Yeah, and nice. uh, I don't think people really want to know what that is. <laughs> uh, listener's option here is the scat and pube cake. Which was kind of popular. There were about 20 votes that came in yeah. for that one. Well,
1: people love scat and they love pubes. <laughs> and the winner
2: is uh, Wackerly's Rum Cake. Wait, hold <laughs> the cake. So it's basically just rum.
1: Right. That's, so we, we that's should be joke. celebrating
2: with that. And so uh, Wackerly came in with about 50 votes. So uh, you know what? It's we're going to have to have rum cake or rum just for rum. the uh, next episode.
1: All right. Lee, well, then nice. it'll be kind of too late for celebrations it's already going to be episode 102 but thanks the thought that counts
2: yeah i think it is the thought that counts well um let's move on here with episode 101 people by now you should know the way the show works we're actually an the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week basically
1: if you don't know by now you're (laughs) retarded
2: (laughs) we present them here on the show
1: carry on with your explanation the audience votes
2: and uh, the winner gets a case of beer. We throw in the dark horse with the uh, listener submission.
1: I suppose somebody could be listening to their first episode.
2: Dude, we get that all the time. We yeah. get people who just discovered the show right. through uh, some strange avenue. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, they, they don't know how the show works. They're you, in the dark about it.
0: I
1: take my comment back. I'm
2: helping them out. I take it back. Uh, people, send in your articles to uh, sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Well, Wackley, I believe you started uh, episode 99. Way back then? I think so. So uh, let me kick off episode 101 here with my story. (laughs) Nursing aide sentenced in rape of stroke victim. This story occurred in uh, Seattle, Washington, involving a nursing aide. Not a nurse. A nursing aide.
1: Now, is a nursing aide below a nurse, or is it a nurse who's also an aide?
2: I think this, like, the nurse is the one that commands the invalid to shit into, like, one of those bedpans, but the nursing aide is the one who collects it and empties it out and wipes. And wipes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, like, the nursing, it's the nurse's toady, basically. So uh, this woman here is a stroke victim who is in this uh, hospital. I don't know if it's a convalescent home or just a hospital here. She's no longer trapped inside a paralyzed body, forced to endure whatever former nursing assistant Lamin Darbo wanted to do to her as she lay unable to fight back or cry out.
1: Is he, like, <sighs> French Creole or something?
2: No, it's one of those weird black guy names. Right. You know how, like, sometimes black people will just name their kids some just some weird, abstruse name that no one understands? Yeah, but
1: even the last name sounds... Kind of French and creole and New Actually, Orleans. Actually, that could
2: be Creole. Yeah. But what, I'm Lamin, have you ever heard of L-A-M-I-N? No. <clears throat> it doesn't make much sense to me. So uh, apparently Lamin was kind of a nasty guy here. So on Friday, the uh, woman turned her wheelchair to face Darbo. She watched a judge send him to prison. And as her anguished wails filled the King County courtroom, she told him about the agony of being a stroke victim who was raped. Which you know, this is kind of an it's kind of like a vivid image here. So this woman was a stroke victim. Obviously, she kind of sounds like a seal. You know how like uh, stroke victims tend to sound like a seal because they kind of moan and scream. Well,
1: sometimes like one, half, deaf of the, one half of their face doesn't work.
2: That yeah, doesn't
1: help their speech either.
2: So she was obviously upset about being raped for so many years, and you can just kind of picture her turmoil. And she's just like. Argh. Like, you know, while the guy is in the courtroom.
1: Now, does she have an interpreter who helps her do her conf- – uh, not confession. Uh, what do they call that?
2: Her testimony. Testimony. Well, I think that was the way she uh, testified, just with the whales. Okay. <laughs> they had uh, someone that could interpret it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sure. So even though it was a sick act of pleasure for Darbo, it hurt me very badly. She said in a letter, read aloud by an advocate. So I guess she did have someone that was interpreting her. She
1: wrote. She wrote it down.
2: Well, she didn't write it down. I think <laughs> – Maybe she did write it down. I Sounds think like she wrote it down. Well, I think when the rape was was like occurred, which was a few years ago, she was paralyzed, unable to move, unable to speak. She's but made now a little she's bit of recovery yeah, something. she's she's moved on with a recovery. Okay. Now she's able to write. And I think she's able to speak somewhat. Uh, only I would know the great pain of biting my tongue while being raped. Still unable to open my mouth after the stroke.
1: See, this is why whenever. Well, I've never been had to spend the night in the hospital, but you always think like, well, I want my own room because I don't want to be next to some like moaning, groaning old person. But this makes me think the other way. Dude, Maybe this... you want somebody else in the room. So this kind of stuff, sh- these types of shenanigans don't happen.
2: Did you ever see, remember the movie Kill Bill? The first yeah. one? Yeah. Remember? She was in a coma. Yeah. And so there I seem a, to remember that. And there was a guy, I think he was like, he was probably a nursing aide, much like uh, Layman Darbo here. And uh, he would... Basically, they had people. He was pimping out these coma victims.
1: I completely forgot that aspect of the movie. But and it's she coming like back bit the me. guy's
2: lip off. Uma Thurman woke oh, up, yeah, but she didn't yeah, have any. Yeah. She couldn't move. Yes. Well, this woman wasn't as tough. I think she just pretty much bit her tongue. You're blaming just, her for it. not
1: being tough enough. <laughs> no,
2: I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying if she was. As much of a badass as Uma Thurman. If she
1: was a samurai warrior, this would A samurai have warrior,
2: this probably wouldn't have happened. If, you know, maybe if she would have tried a little harder <laughs> to protect herself here. So, But if you think about it, though, I mean, obviously it's a fate worse than death. I mean, I'd rather die than have to endure being raped and not be able to do anything about it. I mean, this woman couldn't move. She couldn't speak.
1: Sounds horrible.
2: As a rapist, though, the perfect victim. I mean, think about it, dude. She's not going to kiss and tell. No one's going to hear about
1: this. <laughs> well, apparently that didn't she's work not out gonna, for this guy.
2: Yeah, but I mean, for a while, I'm sure he was able to get by with her. Just like, you know, she's not going to complain about any position. Okay. There's a, there's not going to be any blowback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, dude. As a, as a rapist, she, she probably would be the perfect victim.
1: A little bit uh, unlively in bed. Yeah, that's true. It all depends on, on, on what you're the, into, yeah. yeah, I don't know what rapists are into, so I can't say one way or the other
2: so uh Darbo here is forty years old, was sentenced to eight and a half years to life in prison for raping the woman who was in the care in his care at Kindred Hospital in Northgate sound last like year that long. that's what blew my mind is this guy only got eight and a half years to life, but apparently the judge said. That uh, his the, his ultimate prison term would be up to the state parole board. She says it's a violation of a trust relationship that you do not take – still do not take responsibility for. He never pled guilty. If it were up to me, I would never release you back into the community. But apparently it's not up to the judge. It's up to the state parole board. So
1: it's eight and a half years, two life. Two life. Be, okay, okay.
2: So the parole board could just keep him in prison indefinitely, which I think this guy deserves. Yeah. Uh, The woman, a 33-year-old mother of four, suffered a stroke that left her paralyzed and unable to speak. Using head movements and a letter board to spell words, she was eventually able to report that Darbo had repeatedly climbed onto her hospital bed and forced himself on her.
1: Oh, this was more than one time.
2: Oh, he had done this for a period of a couple of years. Jesus. Darbo thought he had the perfect victim. She could not move. She could not talk. She could not scream. But um, as you pointed out, I don't think she would have been as fulfilling of a sex partner. Being that you can only position her, she's not going to be very lively. Right.
1: You might as well have just bought a real doll.
2: So what's interesting here is Darbo turned the chances turned down the chance to say anything in court. He could have faced more than seventeen years behind bars, but a jury couldn't agree last July whether there was enough evidence for four second degree rape charges. Facing a second trial, he entered a modified guilty plea which led to his eight and a half years. Darbo remained a licensed nursing assistant for 13 years, working at various hospitals despite a domestic violence conviction, two rape investigations, though he was cleared, and three sexual misconduct claims by patients.
1: How does that happen?
2: It blows my mind that this guy would continually be hired. Yeah. I, I just don't even understand it. Sick fuck.
1: They need to do a background check on these people. Come on.
2: I mean, even if you had a, a, a sex, sexual misconduct claim and you weren't charged with anything, yeah. I would still be like, yeah, dude, uh, I'm going to have to pass on you.
1: Next. Maybe he knew somebody that was getting him these jobs.
2: So apparently uh, the woman was on a, still on a ventilator when he first took on the case last year. And uh, But her progress since then truly speaks to what an amazing person she is. She's uh, able to recover. She's able. She's recovered uh, magnificently here. She can walk about 50 steps, slowly relearning how to speak. She's able to communicate, laugh with her family, scold her son and three daughters. She believes Darbo's assaults caused more damage than might have hindered her recovery, but her mind has remained intact throughout the ordeal. And I think therein lies the crux of this this crime here. She, her mind was was always intact. She was completely coherent. She knew what was happening every time when this guy violated her. So on that, with that in mind, on the sick and wrong brown star scale, I got to give this a five, because there is no way for her to stop this or fight back. She couldn't even move, so she couldn't even communicate.
1: So was she paralyzed or in a coma? She was paralyzed. Oh, okay, I give it but five her, stars. But her her
2: mind was intact. I
1: thought so it, I thought this was a coma at first, which. Then it's kind of like a dream, and uh, but this is worse. Paral- yeah, she's. Just I mean, paralyzed. she was. She was conscious. She knew what was happening. What's that movie called with the, the Johnny Get Your Gun or whatever that the Metallica song is based the song on? Song one, yeah.
2: Isn't it called Johnny Get Your Gun?
1: It's Johnny something. It's kind
2: of the same thing where he's yeah. like trying to tell people to kill him, but he couldn't. Yeah,
1: that's which is also disgusting. And uh, the, yeah, I'll give it five. I guess five brown um, stars for me.
2: I guess apparently. At the end of the court hearing when he was sentenced to eight and a half years, she used her improving agility to give Darbo a choice one-fingered hand gesture before he was led back to jail.
1: <laughs>
0: nice it's the job. coup de gras.
1: Yeah. So. I'm surprised there weren't other nurses that detected foul play. You well, know?
2: you know, I mean, this guy obviously wasn't just molesting her. I'm sure he would have been molesting numerous victims Probably, there. yeah. So I'm surprised no one actually picked up on that.
1: I'm sure if he wasn't caught, he would continue to do it with other people.
2: It's disgusting.
1: Yeah. Gross. Five stars
2: for sure. What do, you, what do you have here for episode 101?
1: My story is full of holiday cheer, actually. And this happened in East... Tide Joy? This happened in East Palo Alto, which is very close to the Sick and Wrong Studios. It's a little bit of a rundown area. Uh, Actually, is
2: that, it's south of San Francisco.
1: Yeah, you know, Strangely enough, Palo Alto, not East Palo Alto, but just Palo Alto is where Stanford is, really high uh, dollar area, lots of rich people you know, expensive real estate. But I
2: thought Palo Alto is kind of the ghetto. East Palo Alto. East Palo
1: Alto is not such a great place. It's on the other side of the highway, basically.
2: Oh, okay, um, the other
1: side of the tracks. Had a lot of trouble with uh, gang activity over the years. Uh, people down on their luck, just kind of economically depressed, you know, the whole nine yards. But apparently, uh, there was a guy down there who worked for an apartment complex, and he was making an effort to add holiday cheer to an East Palo Alto neighborhood, uh, and his goodwill, his holiday cheer, his good holiday cheer, ended in a gruesome tragedy this past Saturday.
2: That's why I say fuck Christmas. And you know what? It's like, I'll go and, I don't know, maybe give a homeless person a candy cane or something, but that's about it. <laughs> you know, I'm not taking the risk.
1: Well, this just as easily had happened with somebody trying to spread a Hanukkah cheer, so don't speak too soon.
2: Yeah, you know, us Jews don't have to, you know, gaudily just decorate our homes with lights, okay? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Us Jews just kind of sit there. We have our little candles burning. That's about it. Right.
1: Well, apparently, hundreds of neighbors looked on for more than an hour at the grisly scene as the body of this 23 year old man was suspended about 60 feet above the ground. Because when he was trying to put uh, a bunch of you know lights on a, an outdoor redwood, very tall tree that grow around here, he uh, was electrocuted. Uh, the electric the electricity had passed through his body and affixed affixed him to the tree. I'm picturing
2: Clark Griswold here, family vacation or Christmas vacation. Remember yeah, that movie? That's a
1: good that's a good visual where he's putting all the lights, lights the on his house. Lights on his house. It was really bright. Yeah, imagine some. Uh, There's a man. Uh, trying to do this to a very tall tree that happens to be next to some high voltage power lines.
2: So apparently this guy wasn't very intelligent.
1: Um I would probably put him in that category. <laughs> The fire chief came out, obviously, because they have to take care of these types of problems. So we're not losing
2: Stephen Hawking here.
1: (laughs) Well, first of all, Stephen (laughs) Hawking wouldn't be able to get up the tree. Yeah. Unless he had some type of a crane apparatus attached to his wheelchair. So, no, I I don't think this would ever happen to Stephen Hawking (laughs) for multiple reasons. The fire chief says electricity uh, went through this man's arm and leg and essentially welded him to the tree. Now, when I think of welding, I think of people joining pieces of metal to other pieces of metal, not human flesh to wood. Jesus, dude, he must have just melted completely. That's what it sounds like. The, The fire chief goes on to say, our hearts go out to this young man and his family. He was trying to improve things a little bit for Christmas, and he made... A small miscalculation. (laughs) A small miscalculation. And it cost him his life. So
2: was his family, like, watching this whole event?
1: No, but all the neighbors and children were. Oh, Jesus, dude. (laughs) The man had been using a ladder to ascend a tall redwood tree, as I said before, at around noon, so broad daylight on Saturday and appeared to have moved from the ladder. Here's his first mistake. (laughs) He moved from the ladder to the tree itself. This guy had
2: a lot of Christmas spirit. To
1: reach the taller branches. (laughs) So first of all, Whenever you're using a ladder, uh, this is going to be a little public service announcement. When you're using a tall ladder, the first thing you need to do is check for power lines, people.
2: Yeah, it's probably a good idea.
1: And just don't even get close to them. And, And this isn't just a power line like you see on the side of a country road that maybe carries 480 volts, 120 volts. This was a high voltage line. So this is one of those, you know... The cables are as big as a baby's forearm. <laughs> it's like making a humming noise. You just know you shouldn't you, you, you don't do want to go near that. It was... Uh, so like I said, your normal power line that you probably see around your house is probably 480 volts... This was uh 12,000 volts. Jesus, dude. Actually, probably ar-
2: killed instantly, though. The
1: article says 12,000 kilovolts, but I think they mean 12 kilovolts, which is 12,000 volts. God, he
2: must have looked like a sausage pizza. Yeah. the tree. Well,
1: it welded him into a tree, which I still don't understand how, how you weld human flesh to a wooden tree, but that's not, that's how many volts we're talking about did here, they, people. They
2: must have had to wait to... Till he cooled down to scrape him off, well, let me move on, okay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like i said he he got off the ladder because he couldn't quite reach the top of the tree is climbing up the tree, apparently he's still pretty far away from the power line, but he sort of Indiana Jones or Batman fashion started swinging the the string of lights around and then toss them up over the top of the tree as you would a grappling hook <laughs> to try and get them in the very top branches. You know, there's all these kids watching and the, the uh, moms. He's trying
2: to impress the kids. Probably hot
1: moms. And yeah, he's like trying to be Mr. Santa's greatest helper, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to decorate the fuck out of this tree. I'm not going to go half-ass <laughs> and leave the top un, unfastooned. And, uh, well, you know the rest of the story. So he throws the line of lights up, which is elect you know, it's metal wire under, underneath conducts electricity, exactly. And, uh, he's holding it, it, on it catches, to it. It catches onto this twelve thousand volt uh, electrical line and just j- completely juiced him. Um Neighbors and passersby watched aghast, but firefighters could do nothing until the utility crews arrived about an hour later to turn off the power lines that supply electricity for thousands of homes and businesses in the area. Apparently, while these uh, these people were standing around watching, he was just kind of hanging there. (laughs) Just His torso was stuck to the tree, and they said they could see his feet were dangling and smoking.
2: Geez, he must have made one hell of a Christmas tree decoration. (laughs) he's
1: probably on fire (laughs) at that point. Once the power was shut off, firefighters brought the man's body down from the tree. Homes, businesses, and major intersections in the area were without power for about three hours, the utility spokesman said.
2: I imagine we, it's going to be a closed casket at this one.
1: I don't—well, I wonder if when they pulled him off the tree, if he came off in one piece.
2: I don't know. I picture them using some kind of scraping tool.
1: Are they going to cut the tree down as a as a gesture of, you know— uh, I don't know, not goodwill, but just reverence.
2: Yeah, you is, know, I
1: wonder. Our crime scene cleaner is going to come out and scrub the tree?
2: <laughs> I wonder if, like, the obituary is just going to read dumbass.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> hero. That's, that's, what what our, that's what our show is
2: for. <laughs> yeah, the mainstream
1: the, media doesn't do our thing. But you going know to be
2: like Christmas hero, yeah. trying to spread Christmas cheer throughout the neighborhood. There will be
1: lots of Christmas prayers for this guy. And, uh... I mean, did, when this type of thing happens, do you go to heaven or do you go to the North Pole?
2: I think you just to get live listed with Santa. in the Darwin Awards. I think, that, I think that's what it means.
1: You don't get to go live with Santa?
2: Survival of the fittest, no. <laughs>
1: Santa doesn't want you?
2: Santa doesn't want a dumbass up in the North Pole.
1: Um... I can't imagine there was much smell because like I said, he was at the top of this sixty foot yeah, like tree. The wind tree. was blowing the scent off down to maybe I don't know, San Jose or something. They probably had to deal with it. But
2: imagine it probably was the spectacular light display though.
1: For a couple seconds. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Daddy's um, on fire.
1: So I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a half star bonus point for being um. You know, holiday related, Christmas related. I'm not afraid to say Christmas. Timely. I'm not afraid to say Christmas. I'm not trying to all encompass every religion here. This is a Christmas story.
2: It's a Christmas story.
1: And I'm gonna give it since I'm gonna bump it a half star, I'm gonna I would have given it a three, but I'm gonna give it a three and a half.
2: I'm also gonna give it a three and a half. I would give this a three star, but the fact that there is a spectacle so the whole neighborhood had to see this. Yeah, the whole neighborhood had to actually see this guy fry. Yeah. I think that's worth an extra half star.
1: So what are you gonna go? Three
2: point five stars. Yeah, I that's would, what I'm giving <laughs> it.
1: I would say that this, you know, this would be sad because all these small children were. It's gonna kind of ruin their Christmas. But kids don't give a fuck about anything <laughs> but presents. As they're soon as they see presents. the presents under the tree, they're gonna forget all about and it.
2: Think about the life insurance policy. They're gonna get way better presents this year.
1: Well, his family. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I don't
2: know. But you know what? Yeah, I would say at least an extra half star because the whole community had to see this. But we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. Go vote Sick and Wrong Podcast at uh, no, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Uh, finally, here we have the uh, listener submission here for episode 101. Uh, this came from Tom H. over in Wales, which, um, you know, I don't think we tend to get many stories from Wales.
1: We've had some emails from Wales, but... Yeah, I don't think we've... <laughs> I I remember.
2: Well, I recall that we were talking about Wales one time because someone mentioned it's the home of the fat birds.
1: Didn't the shed story happen in Wales where they tortured the guy in the shed? Yeah,
2: I think that might have been. Well, don't don't people say like Wales is kind of like the Alabama of the UK? I think people have mentioned that before.
1: Didn't the ferret stomping also happen in Wales? Yeah, I think anything <laughs>
2: involving like white trash happened so in Wales. once again, your
1: memory is quite faulty. We've had yeah. at least two, and this is going to be the third story from Wales.
2: So Tom here says uh, he's from Wales, home of the fat birds. Apparently there's a lot of fat chicks in Wales. He says, thought this might get a mention. Man strangles wife, then bones corpse. Lovely. <laughs>
1: Was she a fat corpse?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee she was a fat chick, but there are no pictures, unfortunately. Uh, Here's the headline. I snapped, then strangled wife. Um, A man here from Wales accused of murdering his adulterous wife before having sex with her corpse told police he snapped when she offered him money to start a new life without her. Uh, His name is Craig Bidgway, 38 years old. He's also accused of attempting to murder his two-year-old son, William, by putting a plastic bag over the kid's head. And pulling it tight as he slept. Uh, he only pulled the bag off his son's head when the son woke up. So I think he kind of lost his nerve. He had a
1: change of heart. Yeah, I think he kind of lost his nerve. At the last moment.
2: Daddy, what are you doing? <laughs> Daddy drank. You know, like to put bags over my head to try to kill me when he oh, was really drunk. there's definitely drinking
1: involved in this story. You know that for a fact. He Boddington's Ale or something.
2: He denies murdering Danielle Bidway, uh, 32 years old, his uh deceased wife and the attempted murder of his son so i think he's pleading not guilty he's denied here. it all yeah i think he also denies that she's a fat bird in the taped interviews bidway told police that when he woke up in bed with his wife on april 15th he cuddled her and kissed her shoulder but she pushed him away he said she told him i can't do this and that she wasn't happy anymore he said she then offered him 40,000 pounds and told him to start a new life and meet someone else.
1: That's like 80,000 U.S. dollars.
2: That's what blows my mind. What a lady. <laughs> it's like, seriously, of, what a woman. Wouldn't you have been ecstatic?
1: I'd have been it's like, kind of humiliating, though. Is he unemployed? Why is she offering him money? I
2: don't know. Maybe I mean she she might come come from a wealthy family or something. That's true. But dude, wouldn't you have been ecstatic? You're like, sweet dude, I'll keep the eighty thousand bucks. And, I get out uh, of this kid thing. I get out of you this keep marriage the kid. thing. I'm out of here. Later, dude. Eighty thousand dollars to buy you. a lot of cocaine, a lot of hookers. <laughs> I don't know. But apparently, uh, the eighty thousand dollars, forty thousand pounds, didn't convince Bidgeway to move on. He says he snapped. I strangled her, sobbing as he described what happened. I always hate when the criminals sob. And seriously, uh, well, it just shows a, such a weak character it's flaw. It puts
1: a defensive tactic in the courtroom.
2: That's true. It's, that he's, he's actually expressing rem- remorse. Showing,
1: showing remorse, exactly.
2: Bidgway said he pushed down on her neck with his hands and squeezed, but she struggled and still managed to breathe. He said he then kept one hand on her neck while he folded a pillow over her face.
1: But wait a minute. He's, he's saying this in court, but I thought you said he's denied doing anything.
2: Yeah, I know. He denied doing it. He denied <laughs> killing her. But then he—I uh, guess—he broke down. He started describing the whole, what happened.
1: Oh, I was gonna say maybe this is just the whole O.J. Simpson thing, like. I didn't do it, but if I were to have done it, (laughs) this is what I would have
2: done. You know what I think this might have been? The police confession. So right after it occurred, he confessed to police, and in court, he's denying he ever did it. okay. Which just never works. No. Uh, When she still struggled, he said he put a carrier bag over her head and continued to squeeze her neck. What's a carrier bag? So the guy tried to strangle her. Nothing happened. He then put a pillow over her face, tried to smother her the old-fashioned way. Nothing happened. Then he took a carrier bag, which I don't even understand what that is—a suitcase? Is he
1: a, is he a postman? <laughs>
2: <laughs> a mailman? I, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm just wondering what else did he try to pile on her? <laughs> the couch. The beanbag. <laughs>
1: bean bag chair. A bean
2: bag chair over <laughs> her head. About seven rolls of
1: toilet paper.
2: Um, asked by, I guess uh, eventually she did um, end up dying, and uh, he then had sex with the corpse. And then passed out. Asked by police... Now,
1: sex with the corpse while it was still warm, or did he allow it to cool down?
2: I think in the heat of passion. She no. was probably kind of warm. Yeah. Smothered. Yeah. And he probably took off all the the beanbag chair, the pillow.
1: Her giant flannel nightgown. <laughs> Floor length.
2: <laughs> the big teddy bear. All the other crap they tried to smother her with. And then he had sex with the corpse. Asked by police how he felt towards Danielle when he woke up, he said... I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the one thing. This guy never stopped loving her.
1: Yeah. I think he is a postman.
2: He said he felt angry when she offered him money. She was gonna do it again. Come back to me and then go. So maybe it was like an abandonment issues or something. <laughs>
1: eighty thousand dollars. He could have just taken off. I now didn't... he's gonna live in prison.
2: Yeah, now he's gonna live in prison. Dumbass. He
1: could have taken eighty thousand yeah, eighty
2: thousand dollars, eighty grand, and just started a whole new life.
1: Yeah. He could have come
2: to America. What a dumbass! He could
1: have gone. He could have moved to Miami and just been up to his eyeballs in Cuban hot yeah. hookers, hot
2: Cuban chicks. Well, apparently uh, he was bitter because his uh, wife here, Mrs. Bidgway, was involved in an adulterous affair with a man named Anthony Williams. He said Bidgway was aware of the affair as his wife was spending three nights a week with him and the children, and four nights with Mister Williams. <laughs> So uh, so he knew all about it. I think he knew all about the affair, obviously. But what I don't understand is – I mean this – so I wonder if she offered him the money in the, in the past and she's like, you know, I'm having an affair and I'm sleeping with this guy. You know I'm sleeping with this guy because I spent four nights with him. By that point, wouldn't you have taken off?
1: Especially with the money. I can't get over the money.
2: I don't, you know, I think it's that whales mentality. <laughs>
1: You know, this you, is the best fat bird I'm ever gonna get. One, I
2: go. What is it? One fat bird in the hand is worth like two fat birds in the bush. Well,
1: you know, the next bird you find is just gonna be that much fatter and disappointing. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, apparently, but that's the, why you take the eighty thousand dollars and you move to Miami.
2: Yeah, he's he's a dumbass. <laughs> Uh, the prosecutor here said uh, the jury may have sympathy for the defendant's marriage problems, but stressed Mrs. Bidway did not deserve to die, nor did their children deserve to be without their mother. Bidway is pled guilty to manslaughter on the basis he did not intend to kill his wife or cause her serious harm.
1: He was enraged with passion. But the
2: fact that he had sex with a corpse afterwards, though.
1: That's a party foul. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I think that's going to work against him.
1: That is not uh, the proper etiquette.
2: Lesson learned here. If your adulterous wife is offering you 40,000 pounds to take off, don't kill her and rape her corpse. (laughs) Take the money and run, man. Seriously well, no, are you,
1: are we sure this was a cash offer? This wasn't the amount of weight she was gonna lose <laughs> if he left forty thousand how many stone is that?
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm not quite sure. So on the sick and wrong star scale, uh the guy tried to murder his kid, murdered his wife. One and kid. Then, it
1: sounds like he has multiple kids, but he only tried to murder he the He only one. tried to
2: murder the youngest one. Yeah. He's probably his her favorite kid. You know, i d I'm gonna have to give this at least four stars.
1: Uh, I'll give it I'll give it four. I'll give it four. I mean, he did have sex with the corpse. 4.25. All right.
2: I'll give it four. Well, people, you can decide who had the most hideous story here for episode 101. Go vote (laughs) sickandwrongpodcast.com. You're tuned in to Open Grave Radio on the web at opengraveradio.com. Well, actually, we're nearing the end of the show, and uh, as usual, we tend to get to listener email... Oh, we have a couple new developments that we're going to be doing now here in the new era of Sick and Wrong. But let me me get to that in a second. Oh, so
1: we are changing the format.
2: We're not really changing the format. We're adding to the show. Okay. We're adding to the show. So uh, real quick here, let me get through some of these emails. We received an email here from Zaitan, who um, must be a Persian listener. (laughs) He's from Iran. (laughs) I'm not sure. Iranian. Yeah, he's Iranian an Ar- Iranian listener. He says as a follow up on your discussions in podcast 99, how about this product? It's called the gold pill. Did you see this? No. It makes your poop glitter. <laughs> Apparently uh some company it's it's off the website citizen-citizen.com. Oh, this is
1: an actual product? It's not a, product a theoretical you product that no, he's it's, proposing?
2: It's a product you can buy actually. If you've got so much money that you're just looking for new ways to waste it. Tobias Wong and just another rich kid created the gold pill for you. It's a pill dipped in gold and filled with 24-karat gold leaf. You're supposed to eat it to increase your self-worth. It'd be funny if it didn't cost $425, a pill, for the
1: joke. Now, can men use this in lieu of an engagement ring? Just get a pill and give her like
2: a gold-encrusted turd?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't give her the pill. I would take the pill myself and then give her the turd.
2: Yeah, but could you a fashion, box. could you fashion a ring out of it?
1: Yeah, with my hands. <laughs> I'm not like some you know stunt man on the toilet. I can't do it right in the bowl.
2: Well, I just wonder hands if it works because supposedly, supposedly, an added benefit is that it will make your poop sparkle. But does that really work? Yeah, if you ingest gold, is it going to make your shit sparkle?
1: I've drank a lot of gold Schlager in my time, not recently, but in the past, <laughs> and uh, that has the little gold flakes in it. And I never saw gold flakes in my turd. Which makes me kind of wonder where the gold went.
2: Yeah, I wonder Is what it happened. Lining, my lining your insides—that
1: <laughs> can't be healthy.
2: I don't know, man. But you know, that's another good Christmas idea. If you're not going to paint a painting for your loved one with your menstrual blood, why make not a make a, spark- a golden crusted, sparkly turd? log? <laughs> a sparkle log.
1: What if you now? What if you spend the four hundred twenty dollars on the pill and then you just have a watery shit? Waste of money.
2: I wonder if you can return it.
1: You what, what, like scoop it out of the bowl? <laughs> and Sift just send it? it back? Like pan for gold in your diarrhea drops. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun.
2: Go check it out, though. Citizen-citizen.com. Thanks, uh, Zaitan, for sending it in. I'll definitely keep that in mind for uh, Christmas this year. <laughs> uh, we got another email here from Paula. In Toronto, she says, I thought I might send an update about the pig farmer serial killer in Vancouver. Love Robert the show, Pickton. Paula. Yep. It's an update about a uh, serial killer, Robert Willie Picton. Apparently, he was sentenced to life in jail. Um, life in prison with no hope of parole for 25 years after a gun-wrenching court hearing in which victims' families described their emotional devastation. If you recall, uh, Picton was uh, a pig farmer. And he was being convicted on the murders of six women whose bodies were butchered in the slaughterhouse of his pig farm. He's charged with 26 murders and faces another trial on the remaining 20 murder counts. Uh, nobody should meet the way, the nobody should meet death the way she did," says my half brother, one of the victims.
1: Now these were hookers, right? Prostitutes?
2: These were hookers. Apparently, his sister's head, hands, and feet were discovered in a bucket on Picton's farms. So. He actually murdered the prostitutes and fed them to the pigs.
1: But not the hands
2: and feet. Not the hands and feet. Well, maybe he was about to feed the hands and feet. (laughs) Uh, Picton sat emotionless in the prisoner's box as the family statements were read. He gazed at his hands that were folded on his lap. He leaned forward as if ready to speak when the judge asked if he had anything to say, but his lawyer quickly said he would not address the court because he's still facing 20 additional murder charges.
1: Now, he's already getting a life sentence, yeah. Multiple life sentences. Yeah, so I don't think he wants to make it any worse. But what's the point of what's the point of sending him back to trial for the other murders? Just to vindicate the other victims' families? Yeah,
2: probably just to satisfy the victims and also just to punish them as severely as you can. It sounds I a mean, little wasteful. At that point, though, wouldn't you just grab the microphone and be like, you'll live to regret this?
1: <laughs> I would start beatboxing.
2: I would be like, I will come back in the dreams of your children.
1: <laughs> That's what
2: I would do. I don't know. I guess uh, the defense sought leniency, saying Pickton had a history of kindness, um, but apparently it didn't really sway the jury. <laughs> <laughs> a history
1: of kindness? Does that work in Canada? I guess He's he, such uh, a nice man.
2: I guess he was a wealthy man. He contributed to a lot of charities, gave out Christmas hams and whatnot. <laughs>
1: it, it, was really, um, it wasn't really a ham. It was a prostitute's leg, but okay, the thought, it's the thought that <laughs> it's counts. It's the thought
2: count that counts here. Um, thank you though, Paula, for sending that in. It's always nice to have an update. I think, uh, did you also see there's an update on that, uh,
1: cannibal from Mexico? He died in his cell apparently. Yeah,
2: he apparently committed suicide. Did he hang
1: himself with I think belt? he hung
2: himself with a bed sheet. Huh. So he was the author in Mexico City that murdered and ate part of his girlfriend. Parts
1: of his girlfriend. Not yeah. the whole thing.
2: Well, apparently he didn't want to stand trial. No. Yeah. Which I actually don't blame him. Oh, we got another email here from, uh, Mike. Who sent us uh, a number of videos? Which I, you know, I don't know how I would have missed this. I think this probably made the blog rounds a while ago. But it's called the Special Poetry Slam.
1: <laughs> did you did you see this, Wackerly? It sounds sort of familiar, yeah. Well, I was looking at, I was
2: watching some of these videos, and I think it's like an assemblage of retard[s] that they got to do poetry. And there's there's a, a number of different skits. Go. Type in YouTube, Special Poetry Slam, and you can watch all these videos. We're going to post one of the videos on our website for the Sick Wrong Video of the Week. But I've never seen a kid this retarded before in my whole life.
1: (laughs) No, I think you're confusing the term retarded with deformed. Okay. (laughs) What's the difference? Um, Well, Corky from Life Goes On is retarded. Yet he can walk around, bend bars with his bare hands because retards are strong. Yeah, but he
2: looks deformed.
1: Well, that's just the Are mongoloid you saying he's attractive? features. <laughs> <laughs> but this kid, he might be Stephen Hawking in the brain area, but he has severe bodily problems.
2: Dude, he has like the big head, the small arms. Seriously, I mean, isn't it kind of hard to drink alcohol and look at that kid?
1: <laughs> yes, it actually is.
2: <laughs> I just wonder what the fuck you put I'm in your still body, still powering
1: through it. But <laughs> I
2: just wonder, like, what kind of prenatal drinking you were doing in order to produce something like that. Bleach. (laughs) I I have no idea. And when you do have something like that But I mean let's say you did have a kid like that. Would you even try to put that kid in school?
1: No, you can't put that kid in school. The only thing
2: you can really do is train him to do tricks and take him out on the street, make a little money.
1: Poetry slams.
2: Poetry slams, yeah. Well he does a great poem about bears.
1: I don't know why and, <laughs>
2: I don't know why either, but uh, my favorite part about the video though it's brought to you by the fart inhaler. <laughs> apparently, this uh company made a device where you can actually hook up a tube to your rectum and right. inhale farts
1: if you're If you're beyond the point where just hot fart boxing your own toilet with the door shut and just standing in there basking in it does it for you anymore, I guess you can use this device
2: yeah, the fart inhaler, where you can
1: just siphon it straight up to your nose.
2: I just love the fact that this guy, though, somehow, I don't know where he came across these special Poetry Slam videos, but they're golden. Yeah. And we're we're, we're definitely going to have to put one on the website. So uh, thanks, Mike, uh, for sending that in. That's yeah, thanks great. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Kind of ruined my lunch. Well, uh, finally here, we're getting to the uh, new developments here for the new era of Sick and Wrong. We now have a Sick and Wrong hotline. Did I tell you about this, Wackerly?
1: No. Now, is that your home number or what? No,
2: I'd never give out my home no- home number to the sick and wrong listening audience. Could you imagine? They would bother me day and night. No, it's, a, it's, it's not it's- my home number, is it? <laughs> Well as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. No, you know what? I found this website where you can actually get a real phone number and they send you messages like email wave files. They email wave wave files to you, so I don't even need to record it.
1: So this is like an internet based voicemail box just for the show.
2: Just for the show. So now we have another method of interacting with our listening audience. So instead of just sending us an email, give us a call at two oh six 666-3846, the new Sick and Wrong hotline. We'll post this on the website as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, leave a message. Rant about anything. Bitch were... about me and Wackerly. <laughs> Ask us a question because we're always willing to give us give you our counsel.
1: Now, this is the opportunity for somebody out there to be able to really lay legitimate claim to being the biggest Sick and Wrong fan. Because if you're the first person to use this hotline, that's kind of – some mad credit
2: you know i i know we're going to be inundated with calls but i'm just that's the thing it's like we would we don't do the show live so we can't take the calls live on air thank god we want to (laughs) but we will definitely pick through the best messages that are left at the sick and wrong hotline
1: and we'll air them on the show i could see this taking over reading listener email i mean it's going to be more interesting to hear people in their own voices expressing their own sick and wrong feelings
2: it's a new era of sick and wrong yeah a whole new world and also, another thing I wanted to add to the site, you know, we don't have any pictures of our fans. You know how a lot of websites have pictures of their fans and everything? And I know we've given, a, we've given out a number of t-shirts yeah. over the time, a lot of stickers. So what I'm proposing is uh, send in pictures of yourself wearing the sick and wrong t-shirts. Ladies, don't wear any pants in the pictures. Just just wear the t-shirt right, and send that in. But uh guys wear pants, be fully clothed. But you can send a t shirt if you want. And yeah. you know what we'll put like a little guys
1: stand near a, a woman that's not wearing pants.
2: That's fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. So basically ladies don't wear pants. And uh Ever. men Yeah, and men wear pants. And but you can wear the sick and wrong shirt. Send us a picture. Put your grandma in a sick and wrong shirt and take a picture of it. Uh, send it over put to pants the
1: pants on your grandma.
2: Put pants on the grandma. Definitely. Any ladies over? I hope that the listeners follow these specific
1: <laughs> rules. I know they're getting a little complicated, but we'll
2: put a section on the uh, website. Did for you the... say over
1: fifty? Yeah, no, it's over sixty.
2: Markely, I'm not down with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know you're into the old, the old bedussy, but uh, yeah, I gotta put the I gotta put the limit, the cap on fifty.
1: Uh, listen, I'll review the pictures, and my cutoff
2: is sixty. God, I don't know what your deal is with shriveled labia. <laughs> Something I don't know. But anyway, we're going to start the Hall of Infamy. So, yeah, send in pictures, especially hot naked chicks wearing our T-shirt, and we'll put you up on the website.
1: Uh, You could, you know, black your face out if you don't really want to be recognizable as associated with the site. Yeah, just give one
2: of those blurs. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. But if you send it in with your face, we're not going
1: to blur it, so remember that.
2: Yeah. But we'll have a new section on the uh, website. Um also uh, right here to uh, end the show for the sick and wrong song of the week it came in through uh, from a cheeser a uh, cheeser's a new listener he says just wanted to drop a line to tell you that I started listening to your show 2 weeks ago and I am now current and completely currently and completely addicted keep up the sickness as far as songs of the week go I think it's a shame that you have not heard of Harley Poe never heard of Harley. I haven't Poe. heard of her uh, they kind of sound like the Violent Femmes, and they definitely have a twisted theme in their music. You can check them out on MySpace at myspace, myspace.com slash Harley Poe, or over at their label, standardrecording.com. I recommend either Corpse Grinding Man or Transvestites Can Be Cannibals, too. Well, as D says, take it, sleazy, cheeser. So, uh, you know what? Why not end the show with a Harley Poe song? corpse grinding man i like the ring of that okay thanks cheeser for sending that in uh people that about does it here for episode 101 if you haven't already go give us a vote at podcast alley i think we're almost like at 90 votes or something we're actually doing quite well so uh thanks for the support and uh we'll be back next week with the christmas show episode 102 i think we're actually gonna do it on christmas eve
1: yeah are we gonna post it on christmas day i think so it's a holy day
2: do you really have anything to do on christmas day no yeah, I think they, I think it's like an honor for Jesus <laughs> that we post a sick and wrong episode on the day of his birth. All right. All right. Well, until next week, take it sleazy.
0: Relationships are in the pits and nothing's going right. I'll take a trip to the graveyard and I'll pick out a site. I'll freshen the grave, a corpse I crave, I'll dig her up tonight. She won't scream or cuss or raise a bus, and we won't ever fight. I know the chances were so slim for you and I to date But I thank God for mortality Now you can be my mate I know that you've been dead a while I've never made it in the coffee. Me Be dead for me, my baby. Be dead for me, my baby. Be dead for me, my baby. Oh, baby, you're breaking my heart.